Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. This is the Passionate DJ Podcast, and I'm back here with the whole family. Welcome back, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's been We're a out while. of the basement. Yeah. <laughs> he finally let us go. Water. That was so funny when you posted that <laughs> on Facebook with the you know, selfie of Mo with a uh, the post-it little, note over yeah. your face. Yeah. <laughs> Please send help. send help. The secretary was like, what are you doing? And I was like, ah. Uh, I just got to do something to levy, lighten it up. You know, we, we've been because she doesn't. I don't. She doesn't know about yeah. the podcast. We posted something like David's got us in the basement knitting soccer balls yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Send help. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. No, we had a little break, but we're all back here, and I'm ready to talk about this huge, amazing Sasha event coming up right. this week. All right. But the first thing I need to do is apologize to our listeners for. Missing last week, missing an episode for the first time in womp, a very womp. long time. Yeah, <laughs> that was my fault, guys. Um, I don't know that it's your fault. I would well, say that it's Audacity's fault. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I blame Audacity. Oh, the Audacity. Yeah, Audacity. Like I've I've used Audacity a, a bunch of times in the past as like a SoundForge replacement when I don't have SoundForge readily available. But um, you know, and I may be a SoundForge. You know, uh, I was going to say fanboy, but, you know, (laughs) it's not the first time somebody's called me a snob today. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, uh, I've had some, uh, you know, just minor weird glitchy issues with audacity in the past i mean you know it's yeah. it, it, it's free it's i believe free. it's open source like i mean yeah. so, i mean it, it just multi-platform uh, right, right that's what i like about it it's consistent exactly. across platforms exactly. and i'm one of those relatively easy users. to use too yeah 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 i mean if you know soundforge can pick up audacity relatively easily so well, yeah. silent gloves turned me on to this new app called or not maybe it's not new but called uh, twisted Twisted Wave or something like that. Uh, it's like yeah, a Mac yeah. only app. Yeah, I saw. I saw his. Uh, yeah, it's a paid uh, app, but it looks it looks pretty great. I might just go ahead and switch to that. And, yeah, because I mean, I I have like full on workstation studio software, but right. like sometimes I just w- I want like a tool for that task, like just for right. the editing stuff. That's it. You know? Honestly, that's what I've always used uh, uh, SoundForge for. Um, uh, you know, even just for this podcast. You know, we record using Ableton. Uh, and I do almost all of the processing and all of the micro editing, you know, so well, you live in Ableton. So that makes sense for you. Right. Yeah. So like all of our ums and ahs and, you knows and, you know, stuff, you know all of the, <laughs> the stuff, stuff you don't hear. Yeah. You know, right. All <laughs> the things that you don't hear at home. You know, I use Ableton to cut all that stuff out and I do it in Ableton so that I can keep all of us, all of our multiple tracks, you know, in line with each other. But um, so after I do all of my post, then I bounce out a file and then I still do a little bit more in SoundForge where like I add half a second of silence to the beginning of it uh, mm. just so that like if you're playing it from SoundCloud, you know, sometimes if you start the audio right at zero on SoundCloud, it, you get this weird like glitchy thing that happens. Mm. So I always put a half a second of silence in the beginning. I uh, do my fade out at, at, at the end of the file using uh, sound for I do all of that kind of like don't weird know the stuff. work you put in in yeah. to the editing process. I mean, you've got, you know, try to level out, try to level out all our voices with compression and, you know, still make it sound natural and right. cut out all of our rambling that we <laughs> get off on tangents. You know, it's a lot of work to put all this in. Yeah, yeah. I was reminded of that as I, you know, as listeners have noticed, I did a couple of solo shows in a row, you right, know, and right. Um, it was one of those situations where I recorded an entire episode 
and was like, and I know that audacity is is sketchy sometimes. Sure. And so I'm like, okay, I'm doing this all on my own. I don't have trip at my disposal right now because I went out of town. But right. listeners don't realize I went out of town, and I'm and like, I'm just going to going on too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. just going to record on the road. You guys, no big deal. Just take the week off. And so. I record this episode. I'm, you know, a couple hundred miles from home. A majestic episode, by the way. Oh, it was glorious. <laughs> it was probably a, it's probably the best episode. <laughs> the best episode ever. But, uh, you know, I, I record the whole thing. I save it at, you know, I actually would stop recording for a while and, and hit save and then mm-hmm. keep recording. You know, mm-hmm. I was being extra paranoid. I get it all done. And then I'm going back through that first rough pass of editing, cutting right. out the ums and you knows and all that. And I go back, and my voice just starts jumping around oh, in little 10-second no. chunks. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And the whole recording was that way. And I just, I smiled, <laughs> but I wasn't happy. Right, you know right. what I mean? Oh, I was yeah. just like, <laughs> something just kind of snapped. And I just closed yeah. the lid. I closed the lid. I'm like, we're going dark this time. I mean, it just it ruined me that day. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Oh, I know so it. Oh, don't I know I'm it? I'm throwing myself at the mercy of the court. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, there's been a a couple of issues in the past. You know, where um, remember when I changed uh, interfaces? You know, I yep, had a yep. uh, I had a time where I was using a Scarlet Two I Two and it was working perfectly, and then I buy a uh, the 18 I eight that I'm using now. And I figure same brand, same line, you know, no everything. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Just install the right driver for it. And we're good to go. And no, 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 no. Not so easy, my friend. Yeah. Right, right. And, and it all ended up being, you know, latency issues in the, in the drivers and, uh, uh, and how they like, um, uh, were clashing with uh, some stuff, you know, in the Windows operating system and stuff like that. So I mean, it was it was all easily, you know, re- you know, remediated once you knew what to look for. But like, you know, we recorded what two, three episodes that day, <laughs> like, like that. and they were all gone. Like it's all just, yeah. you know, it's sitting in the vault. How deflating. you know, just in case, you know, if we ever really need it. But it, I don't think you guys at home are gonna enjoy that if we ever release it because <laughs> it's just a lot of. Well, I did this particular episode from that was supposed to go live last week. You know, I, I recorded it all and I didn't I didn't delete it. I kept it. Yeah. Because I've I've had similar problems before where the the audio's gotten jumbled up. It's it's almost like somebody took a razor blade to the waveform and just went slice, 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 and then jumbled them all up. It's it's weird. And I think it has to do with Audacity's um recovery system okay. i think it records little 10 second chunks so that if it crashes it still has all the those information chunks, right? right right well for some reason it scrambled them all in the middle of my record it didn't mm. crash or anything it just right. happened I don't, right. I don't get it so i had it one time it crashed and did that jumbled it all up like that and it took me i think it was for an episode of the podcast too and i fixed it that time but it took me hours for sure like it sure. would have been faster to re-record it Oh, wow. I had to like run these manual scripts like that renamed all the files in consecutive order and then took them all and then arranged all the little clips in a row. Oh. And it, it was awful. Oh. It sounds painful. It was yeah. really painful. Yeah. And, oh. so, and, you know, I was recording on vacation. My family's already screaming at me for not spending time with them. I'm right. like, I'm sorry, guys. We're just going to have to yeah. skip this week. So yeah. Yeah. my bad, y'all. So, uh, yeah, before we get into the, uh, the, the, the primary content for today... Um, 
Mo, you just did a uh, you participated in or just went? No, to I just went out and hung out and supported uh, a silent disco that uh, uh, right. popped up here in our town at Therapy. At right? Therapy Cafe, yeah. And so that, this was we've met with this gentleman before. Yes, right? we have. This was Chris Chilton. Yeah. So DJ of, uh, Chill, right? DJ Chill, uh, not so loud. Silent party. NSL silentparty.com yes not yeah. so loud silent not party. so loud silent party so how did this work it's just like any other show where you have a venue and you have obviously people participating but they have three separate djs and each dj runs a separate channel that the participants can select who they want to listen to there's a little lever on the side of the headphones and you can choose any one of the three at any time so you don't have you don't have to listen to one particular type of music so uh at this event they had one guy playing like uh, throwback '90s stuff. Hmm. Um, we had that would have been my channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was playing Easy some choice. cool stuff, playing some industrial. Yeah, you know, some kind of oh, stuff cool. that I hadn't heard like in a long time. So that was pretty cool. I didn't catch that guy's name, but as um, our good friend John Chapel, hmm. he was playing another channel, but he was just kind of playing uh, the songs they not necessarily dance to, but you but you chill out to like you know, like the old school rap right, right. You know, and stuff like that, kind of bouncing all, a little bit all over the place as he normally does. Right. And then there was another young lady and I didn't catch her name, but she was playing um, EDM stuff. Oh, okay. Like big room house, you know, fist pumping, cake throwing type stuff. Was that Kim? Yeah. So Kimmel? I yeah. I don't Kimmel? know her. I don't know her DJ name. Kimmel, I believe is how okay. she pronounces it. <clears throat> but yeah, I had those three and they were just sort of bouncing back and forth. And at any given time, you can kind of look and see who was listening to what channel, right. which is kind of cool. So, the, so they light up the Correct. I'm sorry. Right? Yeah, the headphones, They depending on what channel you're listening to, the headphones light up in a different color. So uh, it was blue, red, and green were the three different channels that they had. So how does this work? Each mixer has a... You go master out of each mixer to... So each mixer, you mastered out to a RF antenna. Okay. And then based off what's what switch you had on your headphones would determine what channel you were listening to. So like if you So you don't ever have to bring all three sound sources together. You just correct. switch whatever channel is on your thing. Yes. And whichever yep. transmitter is plugged into that mixer is what yep. you'll hear. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was real simple, just a little RF box because I went and uh, John showed it to me and just a little box with an antenna. And because it's RF, you know, it's got uh, better penetration. For, so sorry, each DJ has to monitor <laughs> in the headphones. Correct. Yeah. Which I thought was a little bit challenging because there's no master out or there's no monitor sitting right next to him because that kind of would defeat the it's purpose of it. It's all in ear. Yeah. It's all in yeah. ear. Yeah. So what was really funny is like my wife and I were walking in and you can look in, you can see all the different headphones and people sort of bobbing around. <laughs> but normally when you walk into therapy, you can hear some residual thump. Mm-hmm. Right. So we walk like in. The glass shake. Yeah, and the glass <laughs> shaking. So you walk in, and the girl's sitting there with the headphones, you know, uh, at, taking your cover, and it's just all you hear is people chatting. Right. You don't hear any music, and it's kind of weird. Well, it was funny because, like, when you, uh, when you uh, went, it, you did a Facebook Live video yes. on on site. So, like, I thought that was the funny part because, like, here's Mo on his on his phone doing a live stream, and. <laughs> He's you can talking. totally hear him. Yeah, you can totally <laughs> hear him. He's just sitting there and he's talking, and you can hear all the chatter in the background. But you know, there's people dancing behind him, like in the club, <laughs> feeling like you're in the coffee shop. Okay. Exactly. Right. Well, you know, I thought like watch. I've never participated in one other than the one at Movement that we stopped in briefly. I mm-hmm. think where they had it was a sub pack was doing one, mm-hmm. and so they let you actually wear a sub pack and then some headphones and walk oh, around. Very cool. Um, but that was just something we checked out in the middle of a festival. I'd mm-hmm. never actually been to one at a, a club. The first one I went to was Electric Forest. Was it? Mm-hmm. So I, when you posted that little live stream from your Facebook, I th- 
one thing that stood out to me was this is not as awkward as I thought it would be. Right. Because yeah. everybody, it, I, you hear silent disco and you think it's going to be dead silent. Like you can hear a pin drop in there. And right. It, right. There's like a hundred people in there. Of course there's going to be noise. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Some people probably take theirs off and have conversations. Have normal just like conversations. They would at the bar. Exactly. exactly. And like the bartenders, I'm cool. pretty sure they love it because they're not having to scream. Yeah. You know, you want what? <laughs> Two limes with your Corona. Okay. <laughs> no, I said gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> and people can just carry on a normal conversation and I'll post the video. I'll, I'll link the video in there, but it's really cool. Cause like my wife and I would take her headphones off and we could still talk and not have to scream and like your ears weren't bleeding at the end of the night. Right. But I think one of the coolest parts is like, you know, you, I took my headphones off a couple of times with intention. Like when something was like some old school hip hop playing, everybody's like, Hey, 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 hey <laughs> smoke weed every day, <laughs> but there's no music playing, but everybody's singing along. Right. And that's really that, cool. That's what I was going to say when we were at the forest and there was, probably a couple hundred people on one channel there's two channels but at least a couple hundred people on each yeah and the song you know it started to build and build and build and then when it got there you see everybody, everybody started screaming but it's just like there's no music what's wrong with see, these people is, that, i think cool. that's a, a the different part of the experience for a silent disco for me because i played one for psg uh mm -hmm. what was that a year and a half ago something like oh, that. I didn't know that and um and it was pretty cool because like you know but it was part of a much bigger you know, it was the Halloween festival, yeah, they, haunted fest, the haunted fest that they mm -hmm. that they put on, and uh, Mar it was it Martin Garrix that was, uh, yeah, he was the headliner that year, that year, mm -hmm. yeah, and you know, so there's already thousands of kids there, you know, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's a big ordeal. Yeah, there's and five thousand there, yeah, and it's, it's yeah, it's big, it's loud as all get out, like I mean, so it, this this thing was already big, so that was the difference for me is that the silent disco was like this like sectioned off area in the back of the venue, you know, where, you know, there's all these kids all over the place and they had this whole area packed in. And so when I get up there to play, like there's all of this reverb from the main stage behind, and mm -hmm. then they're handing me a set of the, the led headphones yeah. and they're all like, so you may want to use these as your master out. I'm like, no, it's cool. I can, I, I no, I'll use my headphones, but then I ended up using those a couple of times. So I'm like trying to juggle two pairs of headphones yeah. so I can like, you know, okay, so okay, it just is shifting, <laughs> you know, the cups over my ears, you know, back and forth. And it was it was kind of fun, but um, but no, I, I I had a blast, and <laughs> I mean, I think Billy. Uh, uh, when he when I was playing, he came up <laughs> behind me. He goes, "Dude, do you see that? They're they're all green. All of them are green. There's nobody blue." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it was it was a really good as a DJ, like Looks you know, like a DJ to see everybody on your <laughs> channel. <laughs> right yeah, but yeah as a, as a there was a picture of that didn't somebody take a picture i think so yeah. yeah yeah but i mean as a dj that that's a really neat feeling because you know when you're playing and and you get you know a, a, a typical normal show you know uh you, you get that feedback from your from your audience or whatever but this you're going into it with some inherent you know competition you know so it's yeah. not yeah. you know you're not necessarily competing against the dj next to you but you are definitely competing for that attention for that the attention. attention of you know because they have choices right yep. right you know so it, it's it's definitely a different experience I, but i mean i really enjoyed it so that you know knowing that there's somebody local that and that you know that kind of thing can keep happening yeah you know, that that would be neat yeah and i think yeah. he's trying to line up something here uh, uh at therapy again we'll yep. uh 
be sure to broadcast that once we know for sure. Yeah. But one for of the, the local thing, heads for the local heads. But one of the things that when I we talked about when we had that little meeting with Chris is that sometimes people don't understand the concept and they're thinking because you're wearing headphones that people will sort of alienate from each other. But it's actually the opposite that happens because you look around and you see the different colors and you like point across the room because another dude's got the blue on and you got the blue and you're both giving each other the nod. And then when that buildup comes and you're both fist pumping and jumping, you know, and it was really cool to see that too. Even after you explain it to us, but actually to witness it was still cool. Yeah. Because yeah. for people that don't understand, you just got to go check it out. Yeah. And, and for the people who are across, you know, overseas and stuff, like, you know, this isn't a new concept. No. I mean, even coastally, like I know that there were, you know, people who in were throwing Jersey, parties in, in Jersey and New, New York, York doing exactly that a while back, you know, and. and Did that originate here? I don't, I'm not sure, but I just know that it's not a new concept, no. but we're yeah. in the middle of the United States. So we we're always late to every party, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think whether it be fashion or music. I'm always or saying having the headphones on <laughs> makes for less distraction. Mm-hmm. And it brings the people closer to the music, you know, because sure. yeah. they're, sure. they're feeling it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that point. that yeah. interaction right there. In, yeah. Talking about like the popularity, I've seen videos like overseas. I think there was like some big street uh, like festival in in Ireland or somewhere, and it's like a couple like five six hundred people all in headphones, varying colors, bouncing around <laughs> at different times and shaking and jumping and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's it's pretty big other places, and hopefully yeah. you can get some traction here. Cause the it's only cool. the only drawback I have with it, for me would be the lack of the sub. You know, mm-hmm. so like you said, you know, you know, if Sub Pack was doing something, you know, and they give you a Sub Pack to try, some you know, feedback, or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. okay, yeah, cool, you know, because you feel, feel that, that but yeah, no, I think that's the only part that I would that would keep me from really like going all in and saying, yeah, well, why don't we just do this? from now on but like it, it would be gotta have that base right. <laughs> it would be interesting to experience that that sub pack thing with um in like a nightclub environment because it was at the festival right and so it you know when i tried it so it was already loud everywhere sure. and i was i had already been feeling bass thumps in my chest for three days <laughs> right, you know what i mean right bass compression but yeah I'd, I'd like to know how much of a difference that makes just standalone well know. all i know I, I, now, tony's I, got one i, I have one you, i love it do you yeah. yeah i was gonna say I, I i haven't had any uh experience with it but i i was gonna say uh i was gonna throw out jack mr the, shifter yeah, i know he's got one and he loves it i bought mine when i got the uh plastic man 2 album yeah you got uh, like a okay. fancy a, special edition one mm-hmm. yeah yeah very cool oh it's yeah it's uh the new ones now are, are much better obviously can you explain versions, those for people that aren't familiar with it's, them? it's basically like um there's there's different ones right like i think the newer ones are more vest like or they but have backpacks or they have ones that sit in the office chair. okay yeah mm-hmm. so it you know it's kind of like those massage like chair s- strapping overlays. a subwoofer on mm-hmm. your chest on but your chest right. guess necessarily hears it yeah. right yeah. so it has like a, it has a, a small preamp on the side that you plug your headphones into mm-hmm. and then you plug your eighth inch jack to your source, your laptop, or whatever the case may be. Audio interface or whatever. Yeah. 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 And as your music plays and you have your headphones on, the sub pack as it sits on your back or your office Vibrates chair, as if Vibrates. Was, so okay. the bass frequencies you actually feel instead of hearing Here. them on your ears. Yeah. I mean, you still hear a little bit depending on your headphones, you know. But, but your brain's you, tricked into right. But yeah. you actually feel the bass, the sub bass, and the mid bass, and speaker like, freaking it's, it's great. without the speaker. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I used to be really into to car audio, and that was the first yeah. time I saw that concept. Yeah, it was I, like those shakers. Yeah, you I was gonna buy say from like Parts Express or something yep. for twenty bucks yeah. and mount them to your chassis, and it would shake your car. Yeah. <laughs> the first time I actually saw the sub pack was 
um, it was on an ad on social media, mm-hmm. and it was a Richie Houghton ad for his Plastic Man 2 album. <clears throat> and I ordered the whole bundle, which was the, the sub-pack, um, the Plastic Plastic Man 2 album uh, certificate of authenticity. Mm, nice. And, and uh, obviously, Richie signed it. Um, but it, that's like that, you, old, that, that sets you back a couple dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that ultimate Call of Duty package. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say because I know how much a sub pack runs without all of that. Yeah, like, yeah and I, I don't know if it was the first version, but that was yeah. the first time that I had I had actually laid eyes on it. Um, I ended up getting it, and now yeah, I'd really like to have one of those backpacks. You know, the mm-hmm. ones that you can sure. just strap on and walk around with. Yeah, you know? that would be really cool at a silent disco. Hey, yeah. Chris, you hear me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> So that's cool. So the, I mean, the the whole silent disco thing. Like, was it, was it fun? Was it what oh, you expected? I mean, like, just how did you feel about it? Was it was a lot funner than I thought it was going to be. Really? Because, like I said, you get the connection with the other people that are listening to the yeah. same channels, but also just taking the time every once in a while to take your headphones off and just listen to what what is going on yeah. and watching it happen in front of you. That's really cool too. And then also seeing the DJs, you know, getting feedback from the people. You know, because like the mm. one girl Kim, like she's back there shuffling and everything and dancing around and you know, she's fun her. to watch. Yeah, she, yeah, she totally is. Yeah, she, yeah when it she comes to the, like the animation, she's got it. She's on point with all that stuff. <laughs> but just like jumping and getting her listeners involved, and of course John Chapel just working the crowd on the mic. You know, getting people to do <laughs> whatever it is he commands them to do. Ooh, right. What's yeah. up, a holes? Somebody takes their headphones off. Did he just call us shitheads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all in all, pretty sweet event. Um, I'd encourage anybody if you got something going on in your local scene, uh, go check it out. Uh, send us a video and tell us what you think too, because cool. it was pretty cool. Awesome, yeah. nice, nice. So in other news, uh, the founder of Roland, Ikutaro Kakihashi, died over the weekend. I saw that he's the, he's like, I mean, all the iconic Roland machines like eight hundred eight, nine hundred nine, nine hundred nine, three hundred three. All that. Any something oh something he was probably involved he, he in. Probably had it. Yeah, he handed it or birthed it. I mean, we're talking everywhere from hip hop to EDM. Yeah, he's so, responsible for like not just iconic machines, but like like kind of indirectly spawning several genres. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, tech, techno, drum and bass, hip hop, all owes its uh, you know a lot of its roots. And not drum and bass was a sample based a lot. Sure, but sure, sure, sure. But just the Especially like anything acid, mm. right? Yeah, right. I mean, that's just that's insane. Have you ever used the hardware like eight hundred eight? I have never owned a piece like that. Um, you know, if if I'm at somebody's house who has one, you know, just kind of playing around with something, you know, pushing at the buttons, yeah. that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, I've never owned one. Like I'm, I'm trying to determine if you know, like it's cool to have one now because it's so iconic and right, everything, but like, right. is it just frustrating to use at this point? <laughs> to tie into, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, things have changed a lot. Protocols yeah, and, yeah. and standards have changed a lot since then. Well, you technology's know, improved yeah. significantly. But the sounds haven't, the sounds yeah. are still right. right where they need to be, you know? And so oh, yeah. everybody spends all their time creating all these emulations of this hardware. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's so iconic. I think the first time I ever remember seeing one on a vid, uh, like it was on a music video was, um, Greatest Man Alive by Three Times Dope. I don't know that. I, ever I think that was the first time I ever saw that. I saw one because I didn't know what it was. Right. And someone had, had explained to me as like, no, they, it's a drum machine, and I was like, 
oh, oh, so they don't actually have a drummer doing this. (laughs) I mean, I was, you know, a teenager at the time, so I didn't understand anything about music. Right. But that was super cool to realize that, you know, oh, you can do that with a machine. Well, that was, I mean, that was so important because, you know, that stuff came in at a time where, first of all, they were, I think all that stuff was meant to be tools, not like production software. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's like, if you don't have a drummer, here's something to fill in. Right. You know, and, and people are like, wait a second. And started just making you know making, making entire beats. scenes out of it, yeah. you know, entire genres of music. And you know, the original intent, sure, some people are going to use it for that. But there's always those people that you put anything in their hands, and, they and they're going to find another way yeah. to leverage it to do something else, exploit it, or yeah, whatever. rather whether it's to exploit it or to reverse engineer it or to you know just see what they can get away with. And you know, that was the really cool thing about you know all of those early drum machines and, and samplers and all of that stuff is that to your point, it was, they were intended to just be, you know, some studio tools. Oh, you don't have a session drummer or you don't have a, you don't have this, that, or the other thing. Well, then here, here's a machine to just get you by so that you can jam. The 303 was for people who didn't have a bassist. Right. Right. (laughs) And like, it just happens that it did a really terrible job Job at that and sounded really weird. You know, and people are like, wait a second. (laughs) I think I can use this. Exactly. Star was born as a techno, as right. a house, as yeah. whatever. Right. Right. There it was, you yeah. know. So yeah, moment of silence. Rest yeah. in peace. Absolutely. So we have to talk <laughs> about Sasha. I'm like super stoked about this. So yeah. of, of course, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple weeks in a row now, but just to kind of catch especially new listeners up, let's talk about what the show is, what what three dimensional is, you know, just the quick overview and the then, elevator pitch yeah the <laughs> elevator pitch and then let's just talk about Come to my party let's yeah <laughs> it's my birthday take this flyer bro <laughs> um, listen to my mixtape <laughs> i you know we we have the benefit those of us in this room of of watching kind of behind the scenes and and seeing how much goes into this and not everybody in our audience really knows the amount of work and the amount of thought and care that goes into Something like a show like this. Yeah, a large scale show in a smaller town, especially. So, um, Tony of Three Dimensional Entertainment, tell us a little bit about the company first, and then we can move into Sasha from there. So, um, we are an event company in Dayton that throws mostly one offs. Okay. Um, we have done a country show, but we're 99% electronic dance music. Um, I don't want to use those uh, that acronym. <laughs> you don't want to pigeon um, your hole, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Get tongue tied one time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we throw uh, we throw events and we promote events here in Dayton. We've done. One, uh, go ahead. Go and ahead. Uh, large large scale events. I mean, let's at least large not large scale like festival level, but large scale. For Dayton, right? I yes, mean, like, absolutely. For the we're region. talking headliners, like mm-hmm. people you've heard of, and and so this is something that's not easy to do in probably anywhere, no. really. But you know, being in a town of our size comes with a unique set of struggles, and absolutely. So you know, I mean, budget constraints. You know, there's only so much audience to go around. You have to figure out what kind of pull you're going to have from out of town, and all that kind of stuff. So. I guess where I want to start is how did 
Sasha even come about? I mean, were you aiming that high? Were you know, were you pursuing that, or did it fall in your lap? We've 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 we're always aiming higher than the previous, the previous um, show, the previous show. Okay, absolutely. Um, we were we were going to do April first because April eighth is my actual birthday and. I've done shows on my birthday for the last few years, and I didn't want to actually work on my birthday this year. You know, yeah. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. So uh, we looked into the club. The club wasn't available, um, Club Mask. So Luke said, Luke being the owner of Mask, said, uh, hey, what about the 8th? And I was like, ugh. <laughs> so I... I uh, I got back. I messaged the agent. I sent an email to the agent, and I said, hey... And we weren't, keep in mind, I wasn't reaching for any specific artist at the time. I just wanted to know the availability of Whoever all the artists they that they had, yeah, because yeah. I've worked with this agent before. So I reached out and I said, who do you have available for the 8th? And the only person that she came back with me <laughs> with was Sasha. The only <laughs> person. The only no. person. <laughs> now, I had no idea that she even represented Sasha either. Yeah. And my eyes lit up, and I, I just told myself, whatever it takes. Now I really want to do a show on my birthday. You know, if it could only be one show, this is. I mean, it was, it was Sasha. You know, yeah. so. Um, and we had a good working relationship, you know, from our prior shows, and I, you know, they know the club, so they felt comfortable with proposing that to me you know mm. but they weren't for sure because our budget had never been that high before yeah um so when she came back to me with a number saying you know hey this is it's going to be around this much money blah 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 i said no problem and um that's kind of how it started so i mean you it's it's one of the things that you run into, or at least that I've observed people running into, because I've never booked anybody of that level personally. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the reason is you can't just jump to that. No, you know what I mean. Like you have to to have some kind of established either reputation or something to show that you know you're not just a going to screw over the artist or mm-hmm. you know stiff them or give them any trouble or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or that it's going to be a janky club with you know crappy sound or whatever because these people have personal brands to protect and right. it's, and it's mm-hmm. their entire livelihood. You Absolutely. Know? So, yeah, because any one one Facebook live video of some <laughs> in a crack right. house, right, right, <laughs> right. So I mean, three dimensional as a company, you know, mm-hmm. didn't start with Sasha, even though you and Billy, you know, and unfortunately Billy couldn't be with us today, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys started at a certain level, which was still higher than, you know, what most people were bringing into town at the time. And even though you guys both had booking experience before, mm-hmm. Three Dimensional was kind of a new brand and you were doing a new thing with it. And so you, you know, aimed high, but it didn't, it doesn't start with Saja, right? No. And so it's, you know, just as a third party observer, you know, personally, it's been kind of fun to watch mm-hmm. the progression, you know, yeah, it's like, because you, you've always landed good artists. Right. And, and you know noteworthy known artists, but just watching the the audience size of of each artist that you book grow just a little bit more, and then seeing those artists post our town on their personal Facebook pages is pretty cool. It's yeah, it's really neat. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just another testament to how nothing 
worthwhile happens overnight. Sure, there's some people that get lucky, but, you know, there's a lot of hard work over, you know, X amount of time. Even the people who seem to be, and I use this term in air quotes, overnight successes, yeah. there's been years that, you know, of people who grind to to get where they're at and i think three-dimensional has has done exactly that you know and i don't say that just as an artist on the label i mean i i mean i was going to 3dm shows but well before uh, you know they asked me to join so you know it, it, it's exactly that that progression within our own town you know going from you know it, the establishment the foundation and now here we are to you know Thank you. Freaking Sasha. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's been a struggle. It's been a hustle. Um, a lot of money, a lot of uh, um, bickering back and forth, you know, because nothing is ever does. tea and crumpets, you know. Um, but, you know, we, we, we tend to do the job that we both tell each other that we're going to do. You and I talked about that a little bit the other day, you know, off mic, where mm -hmm. we were just talking about the different kind of... Uh, personality traits that you and Billy have and how you use them together to mm -hmm. to figure stuff out and Absolutely. to move forward you know yeah. it's it's not necessarily the, the point isn't to find somebody who's exactly like you mm -hmm. no the point is to find someone who's complementary to you exactly right. yeah yeah so it's it's interesting to see the different uh, approaches and how how things happen because I know it's not just you and Billy that do all this I mean there's, no, there's got, a lot of help you got a crew too yeah. and and everybody has their own little piece that they focus on and right, it's right. becoming that well-oiled machine. Yeah, it's, 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 cool. a, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a family feeling because most everybody that's on board are, you know, have been close friends for quite some time. And even, even the people that, you know, have seen the last couple shows that have never been to a show. Um, a lot of some of the younger generation kids are like hitting us up now and saying, Hey, mm. if you guys ever need help, because you know, I don't, I'm not young, you know, and, and Billy's younger, but he's still not, he doesn't mesh with a college demographic. So it's hard for us to go up to those kids and, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> hand them a flyer. Hand, yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, what's this? Yeah. <laughs> Freaking cops. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's just, it's just like some of those come raves experience. I heard about in history class, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, Come experience it. You'll see what it's about, you know. Yeah. And they were at, um, a few of them were at uh, the Stanton Warriors Worthy Show. Yeah. And they had a blast. Awesome. And, and you know, when we first started, it was hard for us to, to get into that to world. And, yeah. And, and now, you know, that our shows are starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger and now getting some serious recognition around the city, not only just in... Um, our scene and the stuff that we like, but now that younger younger generation, you know, they can see that there's a good party going on, and it doesn't have to necessarily be big room stuff that right. they're so used to. Right. You know, so it's funny you say that because I don't think I shared this with you, but the Monday after the Stanton Warrior show, a couple of the younger guys that work in my hospital, I had I had seen them at the club, mm -hmm. you know, and they kind of freaked out because they, oh, why, why is the old <laughs> Why is the old sergeant here? You know, so I went and I kind of tracked him. Down. I was like, "Hey guys, so did you guys know that the show was coming?" He's like, "No, we were just looking for something to do." And we're like, "Why do we got to pay twenty bucks?" I'm like, "Oh, there's a, DJ, a famous DJ upstairs." He's, I was like, "So had you ever heard of Stanton Warriors or Worthy?" And they're like, "No, but that stuff was awesome." Mm -hmm. So I started talking about Dirty Bird and all that stuff. And I was mm -hmm. like, "Hey, you know, you need to follow 3DM." Mm -hmm. You know, these guys are 
I'd say at the most, this group may be the oldest, maybe like 25. Right. And so I kind of like, no, nah, I just follow 3DM and just kind of, you know, they're going to bring bigger shows. So just keep checking it out. And they're like, cool, cool. Let that's us awesome. Know. And I'm like, hey, yeah, certainly. Yeah. I mean, that's what it takes, you know, um, for our generation to kind of open the door to them so they can. Yeah. There's, there's somewhere it. to yeah. go after. Mm-hmm you've been introduced to whatever introductory sound. And I don't mean that to sound condescending, but right, right, usually right, we right, all find right. a sound I mean, and I then we go the somewhere. I the same way, kind yeah. of, but back then it was, I started, and don't get me wrong, I still like, you know, some trance, but I started with trance and now I'm techno, yeah. tech house. I'm you more usually deeper, find, more mature sound, you know. Yeah, you usually find, find something that captures captures your attention mm-hmm. and then you go somewhere. Right. And, and that's what's cool about three-dimensional shows is that you guys are really good at bridging the gap mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. To be like, hey, yeah. here's here's what's next if you're interested. And we know? don't do we don't do specific genre, quote unquote genre shows. Um, we like to add a variety in our shows, and that's the cool thing about. Um, Sorry, I was just going to say, yeah, let's we should talk about that too. Um, as far as another trip around the sun, mm-hmm. which is this Sasha show that we're talking about. Yes, as we release this episode, it will be the Saturday after this recording goes live correct yes, yes. so mm-hmm. a week from or a saturday after it's tomorrow, this saturday, this saturday coming saturday. up mm-hmm. um six so, days yeah <laughs> i mean it's like imminent yeah so and and we're like in this room we're all like big like sasha fans right mm-hmm. but the, like we're only given half the story mm-hmm. so um you've also got another floor of sound <laughs> yes. to fill up with mm-hmm. a whole different uh genre of music which mm-hmm. is kind of what you're talking about kind of bringing that whole mix together um so when we were we were booking the sasha show and and you know all of the the process went through from agent to management it got confirmed well we were we got offered this other tour and we had uh the downstairs open up there was nothing booked down there so um the we out here tour is downstairs we got offered this this tour but i had to go back to Sasha's management and the agents and ask them what they thought and you know because like is it okay to do this to share a venue uh, yeah absolutely because it was going to be a Sasha show you know meaning Sasha and a few openers and and that's that with that Um, but adding this whole other tour we had to go back to management and you know okay everything and get everything okayed and they were talking to me about the Green Velvet show, and we had another DJ downstairs. Well, we didn't have anything booked, but there was a whole different style of music downstairs. And that's one thing that they asked me is, you know, what do you guys plan on putting downstairs? Is it going to affect the show upstairs? And I told them, absolutely not. Um, It's going to be something completely different for the younger demographic. Um, So they okayed it, and we booked it. Um, And what it is, it's uh, Helicopter Showdown, Mantis, and and Bomber. and downstairs, that scene is a little more lit up with the LED walls. Yeah. And it's it's perfect for that. So Yeah, because, I mean, when you're talking about the younger demographic, I mean, we're talking about a lot more high-energy, bass music, culture yes. type of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we booked that for downstairs, and now we we kind of have best of both worlds yeah. in the venue. So now you, you pay one cover, you come in, you get... You, access to both shows. Mm-hmm. You so get four national acts and uh, one, 
two, three, four, five, about six regionals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So how do you and Billy go about choosing your supporting lineup? You know, I, I ask as somebody who has skin in the game, right? So mm-hmm. how did this lineup, the local support lineup, get chosen? And, you know, why why these picks? Um, regardless if they're from our city or from a different city, um, whether they're a buddy, not a buddy, none of that really matters, you know, because we we have a lot of friends. We have a lot of people that we've booked that we still plan on booking. Um but when it comes to the time slots, um, and, and I'll start with upstairs because Sasha, everything before Sasha has to be very specific. Um, you just can't come in and book somebody that is going to play a pretty heavy sound. Do they give you requirements or, no, or details I've, on I've, that? No, but I've... I've I've known so much and have seen so many shows, and I've actually played with Sasha before, mm-hmm. um, back in 2000. But it, it, you know, not to go anywhere over 122 beats per minute before Sasha. You know, you don't want to take the energy out of the room, and that's something that I do specifically anyway. Whether it be Sasha or you know, Richie Houghton, you know, mm-hmm. it could be balls to the wall techno, but I still don't want somebody to go before the headliner. It's going to take all the energy away from the headliner, you know. Um, but that, so that, that making that decision comes out of your experience in the game, knowing yeah, what not to do. Because yeah. I'm sure you've seen bad situations like go that. the wrong way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, turn it up to eleven. Yeah. yeah, and and I, you know, I book those openers based on the talent that I know they have, the style that they play the support obviously that we get from others as well mm. um and the overall fit right and, yeah and, and like, the, the fit right pieces of the slot, to the puzzle the yeah, fit yeah, of the yeah. slot absolutely because i mean we've talked about that with like people like mike donovan before and i think mm-hmm. even just amongst ourselves we've talked about that before you know there's always that debate in the community of you know well it, who's whose responsibility is it is it the dj's responsibility to know where you are within a lineup and and play right. to that or is it the promoter's responsibility to know what you're booking and 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 put somebody in that spot that you need them to be and honestly i feel like the truth is somewhere in the middle okay. ideally both but right, probably right. also well, rarely both because, because i'd argue that most dj's don't necessarily have the capacity to play those wide varieties of music and still make sure they play an appropriate type of music for the event. Like you're saying, Tony, mm-hmm. you know, don't go over 122. You know, you tell that to someone who's straight out the bat and just all about bangers, you know, in big mm-hmm. room and they come in and they, they're blowing it up, you know, and then, and then they walk off the stage and hand it off. And you're like, dude, what'd you do? Right. You know, or, mean, or, you're, or you're yanking them off the, off the, off the wheel. There's, the turntables. there's tons of pieces of that, of, of just that little puzzle. Right. You know, when I thought about, this show, there's so many names that I thought that I wanted to put on this show because it's Sasha, you know, so many of my friends that are DJs and that play very well would, would love to be on this show. To have that fly. To have that slot. Um, and it's been a long time since David has played one of our shows. Um, he supports every one of our shows. He promotes every one of our shows. His skill level is top notch, and he knows to keep that level at a specific rate before Sasha goes on. You know, like he knows that he's been following Sasha. For Don't go over one twenty-two, David. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, even more than that. Like I, 
I actually appreciate the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like to be able to play that just a little bit of a groove yeah. in a show yeah. like that. Cause more, like that's where, yeah. yeah, that's where I kind of live as a DJ. It's the most a lot. important slot. Yeah. And that having, that, having been direct support for so many artists in mm -hmm. my, in my career, yep. that slot is so important. And a lot of times people don't realize it until after, after, after mm. the set is done, you know, because it's, it's, you sit back and you see the tone that you set for when these headliners go on and the room gets nuts and then people come up to you afterwards and they're like, man, yeah. that, was, that was a good set. It was a great set. And it's just, when it's just, you know, because I kind of, I spend a lot of time in that tempo and energy range anyway, mm -hmm. as a DJ, like I, when I'm just kind of even chilling at home and just mixing, I just, I like to groove out a little mm -hmm. bit and just get a little bit of tension, not like a full on, right. you know, massive EDM set. Yeah. And so to be able to to do what it is that I actually really like to do, it just happens to be perfect for that right. particular thing. Um, so it, it you know it's 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 actually going to be a new experience for me. It's always a struggle to be like, am I playing too laid back? Am I boring people? You know, because I I spend a lot of time in in deep house mm -hmm. and and um, not even deep house, but like um, like slow house like R&B edit stuff, mm -hmm. like patio music, right. you know, which I love playing stuff like that. Um, and so I've, I've taken a long, you know, side journey off into all this kind of really laid back stuff. And so this is, this is kind of bridging the gap there between the old, like kind of melodic hypnotic stuff mm -hmm. that I, that I've always liked, but still being able to just, just chill out, just right, like right. keep it kind of baseline, you know? Yeah. Um, Who's direct support for the downstairs that is headliners? How does that work? That is Gateway. He has a lot of uh, a lot of attention. He lives in Cincinnati. He's got a really really good following. I mean, their crew um, they already sold out of tickets and oh, they're wow. asking for some more. They, yeah, they've sold a lot of tickets. He has a really really good following. Um, and I, uh, you know, I've been telling those guys for probably close to a year now, maybe that I would get them on a show. But, I mean, we don't do a show every month, so it's hard right. to get yeah. everybody. And that's another thing. It's hard to get everybody on. You know, Billy and I sit down, and we're like, well, we have this person and this person and this person and this person. And this, you know, and it's we've been telling people for a long time, yeah, we'll get you on a show. And um, now that we're, we have the bass heavy tour downstairs, now we it's a fit. We have him as direct support. Um, we have Phyllis Wayne, uh, Dayton local. Dayton right? local, yeah. That he does the View every Wednesday yep. night. He does his own local show, and you know he's always been a supporter of of mm -hmm. Three Dimensional from day one. Um, I felt you know that well. Billy and I both uh, felt that he would be a great fit locally, and um, uh, John O'Matic. Is from Columbus. I reached out to a friend of mine that does shows up there, and he has a whole crew of DJs. And been telling him that uh, I was going to get one of his guys on our show. Uh, so you got a you whole Tri City thing going on this, yeah. this show. Yeah. So I reached out to him, and there was a show for you know one of his guys to fit. So that's how we kind of. So that, that's interesting because I was going to ask you how, because I know. For this particular event, for example, the upstairs is the music you know, and the downstairs mm -hmm. is the music you're less familiar with. Mm -hmm. And so, like as a as a promoter and as somebody who has to keep tabs of that stuff, you know, it's I like to know how how you go about 
discovering those other artists outside of your wheelhouse, you know? Um, I let Billy handle that side of things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Billy knows um, a lot more. I don't want to say he's a pro either, but he knows a lot more um, about the newer generation stuff, the 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 future bass and a lot of the jammy okay. sounds and things like that. But as far as the local guys that, I mean, we're out all the time. Obviously, we have social media, so we see who's doing what. We see who's pushing what and themselves and promoting themselves. And, you know, those are the people that, that we go after. But I don't want to go after somebody because they have 50,000 likes. I want to go after somebody that may have 10,000 likes and is really good. Yeah. Because I, something that I really strive off of is talent. You know, and, and I I just I I want to see talented people that really know what they're doing on a stage like that. Yeah. You know. What are some of the hurdles you've run into through this whole process of getting this event going? I know you had some sticking points with the flyers and stuff like that. Has has there any been you know, anything major that you're like, this could be a show stoppage or um the hurdles when it came to actually putting the bass heavy tour together with Sasha and the marketing part was kind of difficult. We cleared the DJs downstairs. Everything was, was good to go. When all of the marketing came, it was kind of almost surprising because the agency wanted it, you know, that we booked Sasha and the management company, it, you know, it was a Sasha show. And that's initially what we had in mind, but, you know, it was just, we took all of our marketing and did, you know, hey, this is level one, this is level two, but let's bring it all together so we're not confusing people and not making them feel like, oh, well, this is going on tonight here and this is going on tonight here, but they don't. It's all another trip around the sun. Yes. Mm -hmm. Show. Yes. And that all came about. I mean, I didn't really want to promote this show as, hey, it's Tony DeSero's birthday. Yeah. You know, I, I really didn't want to do that. I, But when we were sitting there... Um, I'm going to be telling everybody, though, yeah. by the way. I'm glad that you're saying it on this show. I'm going to be walking around like, <laughs> you guys know it's Tony's birthday, right? <laughs> and make sure yeah, he's not lot, doing too much work. I, I mean, yeah. if you notice in all the social media, I haven't said anything about it, yep. you know? And, yeah. and I, don't mind, I don't mind saying it, but that's where the term another trip around the sun came from. I was just mm-hmm. sitting there one day and hanging out with uh, Chris Kaus, uh, the guy that's going to be doing the lights for Sasha's show upstairs. We were just sitting around, and that's kind of how it came about. I'm like, because I, I saw somebody post that on social media at one point in time on somebody's timeline. Um, yeah. Hey, congratulations on another trip around the sun. So just that, instead of saying happy birthday, kind of stuck with me. It was something different, you know? So, um, yeah, I didn't really want to tell anybody that, and, and promote it as my birthday party. And I still don't want to promote it as my birthday party, but the fact of the matter is it happens to fall on my birthday. Except for that moment when you said you're going to kick everybody off the platform for like I, 20 I minutes. Will, I will get up there. I mean, I don't want to say I'm going to kick everybody off. Don't worry, I'll, I'll take care of that. If it's completely <laughs> full, I want to move maybe two or three people so I can at least get up, stand front and center, and just like look at Sasha DJing. On the day of my birth, yeah, you know, just to just soak it all in, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because most of the time, as you guys know, every show I'm always back behind the booth, right. making sure everything's good with the artist, and you know, they're everything's good. 
And this one, I, I have to go out and I have to soak it in. I have to soak it in. <laughs> but other struggles, I would say maybe some equipment struggles because mm. we have access to a lot of equipment, but you know some of the things that Sasha asks for is a little specific to his playing. Um, one of them being the RMX 1000 and the mixer itself, which is the Allen and Heath Zone 92. Mm-hmm. So here we are. You know, I mean, everybody, there's tons of Pioneer 900s around, you know, able to be rented, used, whatever. But a Zone 92 is, you know. That's pretty specific. That's and pretty, it's not a popular. Yeah, in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, it's not industry standard anywhere close by here. Um, but luckily, uh, I have a buddy in Columbus that rents equipment and... Uh, He's a production manager for a lot of big festivals and, and such. Um, I hit him up, and he just happened to have one Lying that's around. maybe been used three times. Nice. Mm. <laughs> now he bought one to rent it, and okay. it just never gets used. Um, and then uh, Davy C in Cincinnati, I just posted on Facebook. You know, um, anybody that I know in my network that has an RMX one thousand, and people tagged a few people, and Davy C from Cincinnati was one of them, and. He happened the same thing. He said, uh, you know, it's been used in the club maybe twice to fulfill a writer, but other than that, it's been sitting at my house. So, I'm looking forward to to tweaking that thing because I've never I've never played an actual show on one, mm-hmm. and they they're a little bit different in that, uh, for example, they have four band EQ, not three yeah. band EQ. Mm-hmm. Nice. So they have like mid low, mid high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's they're very. It specific. makes sense that Sasha mm-hmm. would want it. Yeah. You know, because he he really is long mixing mm-hmm. slow subtle type um and it's you know as opposed to pioneer mixers which put a lot of emphasis on effects and stuff like that alan and heath alan and heath tends to focus on sound quality mm-hmm. and you know just straight up mixing and they have you know very iconic filters on their you know everybody loves the alan and heath filters and so yeah it's he wanted that very specific mixer, and mm-hmm. so, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to, to to playing on that because they're just they're renowned for sound quality, and so is Function One, <laughs> which is what it's getting plugged into this whole sound rig, you know. So I'm sitting here like, oh man, I gotta buy lossless files for this one. You know, Tom Reed, our one of our friends, got on. He was like, I hope you're playing lossless, you know. And I'm like, you know, this is probably a time it makes sense to do that. I might go ahead and do that. Just upcharge all my. <laughs> right, <laughs> I right. usually play three twenties, but yeah, I, I do. I do as well. So you had the track down his own ninety two and mm-hmm. and the RMX one thousand. Just one RMX. Yeah, he's bringing the other two with him. Oh, so he's <laughs> goodness, <laughs> good lord. Okay, yeah. Well, I didn't want to be unreasonable. So each each, that, each deck has its own RMX one thousand. Each CDJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. Well, so uh, he, could, he just CGs. couldn't fit one more in his carry-on? Or? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's there's one CDJ without the RMX 1000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he uses three. So he he still gets all the Pioneer effects-y goodness that he wants, but still gets to use the Zone 92. Right. So, yeah, it makes sense. And Very when you're cool. Sasha, you can you can demand such things. Yeah. <laughs> do what you want. Yeah, I do what I want. Um. um but the wasn't there a hang up with like I think we started talking about with the flyer mm-hmm. and listing those acts together. Yeah, um, yeah, we kind of got off tangent on that. I completely slipped. Sorry. Um, so when I sent the artwork to the agent for approval, 
it was almost a whole nother ball game. It was like, <laughs> wait a minute, this looks like a mini festival here. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not within our brand branding and stuff. Right. Um, they didn't even say anything about branding. It would just have been, it would have been a completely different structured deal. You oh, know, when it, when right. it comes to like okay. your offer and, and, and things like that. Gotcha. Um, yeah, because it's one thing if it's for 300 people in a smaller, intimate club, you know, on a Thursday night, than mm-hmm. it is for, you know, a 5,000-person, you know, festival and, you know, on a Saturday night. Yeah, right, it, right. Know. And I just, you know, I had to, you know, I had to get on the phone and talk to them and, and you know, rest assured that, hey, this is not a festival. This is just a two separate rooms in a club and, you know, we booked something for downstairs because it was going to be empty, we wanted to take care of the club owner and make sure you know everything. So, it was when it when it got to them and I explained everything to them, um, and then the artwork kind of as it got structured and more uh, more put together, then they had all the details because they kind of have to filter the details before they take that to management because they're not going to take something that they think in their head might not work with management. You know what I mean? They want to make it nice and clean before they present it. Right. They wanted to have all the details. So then they went to management and management cleared everything and said, okay, you know, cool. Because we did, we did a graphic specifically for Sasha, which is still the same colors. It's still everything, but it's, you know, just the second floor stuff. Yeah. Something that they can use too to promote on their own. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't know if it was Sasha's management saying, wow, this is kind of a cool idea because it's front and center on his page now. You know, if you yeah. go to his events, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the first yeah. thing you, you see is, yeah. you know, he yep. put it up there. I think, big, over big the, fat Dayton flyer. Right. Yeah. Thanks to Matt Freeman. Shout yeah. out to the yeah. designer. Freeman Design Company. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everything, everything got approved from agent to management, but that the marketing was definitely... A struggle. I want to talk about how uh, people don't realize like the amount of attention that goes into just making sure the night progresses the way that you want it to. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, not just the type of music that's playing early on, but you know everything else that's going on in the room. So, what what do you take into consideration as as a promoter for a show like this? You know. We talked about not slamming out, you know, high BPM, <laughs> high energy mm-hmm. stuff early. You know, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do? How do you, how how does your will this go if it goes ideally? Most of the way that we plan our nights is a proper progression, um, where and and downstairs, you know, downstairs is going to be somewhat difficult because that style is kind of it's already balls to the energy. wall anyway. Yeah. You know. Um, that but that'll be okay down there. Yeah, that'll be okay yeah. downstairs. Upstairs, um, you know, with the openers, there's not there's going to be some lighting, a lot of a lot of slow panning, a lot of things, but nothing that's going to like flicker way way too much. Mm-hmm. You know, the lights will progress as the night goes on. The volume level uh, will progress as the night goes on. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's going to sound good. It's going to be loud. Yeah. The lights are going to look good. And the cryo is going to be so awesome. Yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> um, 
so this is a big sound and light rig for those who are <laughs> right like their eyes are getting wider this is like a big full function one big like uh, at least a million dollar light system i think he's got more and I, I believe I he's got two million in lights so it's there's a lot to work 24 with. 24 lasers it cryo it would be very easy to go overkill absolutely for this um and i mean there were a lot of light programs within their program you know, Chris had to make his own uh, his own light file or his own show file mm. for this because you know, as we know, when Sasha plays, you know, and it says specifically in the writer, we want this to be more of a dark basement feel. We don't we understand that there's a lot of moving heads and fixtures, but we don't want pinks and bright yellows right. and fuchsias. Oh, they actually put the stuff in the, the yeah. writer. Wow, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's cool. um, okay, you know, but us growing up around that and going to those shows and seeing and being a fan of Sasha and that whole style, we know that those guys like it. That's what you would do anyway. Yeah. You know, so Jason and I, naughty groove. uh, I mean, we used to go notoriously, we would go up to the light guys, you know, and thankfully we were friends with, you Mm -hmm. know, the primary one around this area at the time. So, you know, most of them, you know, if it wasn't Thompson, you know, <laughs> then, you know, most of them, they, they, they would accommodate, but Thompson already knew, like, as soon as we would get on stage, he was like, Oh, yep. Those are the blue and purple guys. Like, and that's because that's what we, yeah. I mean, cause those are the two darkest colors, yeah. you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we wanted was the darker colors mm-hmm. because that was the style, especially like as we got out of the big progressive trance stuff and started getting more into prog and and yeah yeah. Yeah. so yeah well and the cool thing about doing that too you know having that that restraint with the lighting you know and and everything else is the same effect that you have when you do that with the music Mm -hmm. where if you have all that in your tool belt then you can use it for something spectacular like if if sasha is playing like a big his big peak moment of his set Mm -hmm. Then, then maybe you that's throw like more the colors one. in there. Yeah, that's yeah. the time that the strobes the come out. And the strobes will, will, will slowly build with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And that um, makes it more impactful when that happens if it hasn't been happening the whole time. Exactly. Right. You know, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> quote, unquote, you're not really blowing your load on <laughs> <Right>. every song <laughs> or every person's set. You know? right. Flanger. Right. More flanger. <laughs> flanger. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where you have to be patient with a night, you know, and... Yep. and understand that it's all the whole night from music to lights to the vibe to everything in the room is going to be a progression it's not like you're going to walk in and start dancing at 140 beats per minute and, yeah you know so sasha's flying straight from new york or yeah yeah and then he's right back out out of town yeah he uh he flies in his next date isn't until the following weekend, which he's is Coachella. Coachella. Yeah, he's not going to be anywhere close. Out, not know, remotely anytime close soon. at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, whoop, popping in, popping out. Yeah. yeah. So I assume that also factors into, like, for instance, routing. Can we, yeah, and can we afford to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, it has to you, make. You compete with yourself and the other promoters, the bigger the name is, mm-hmm. you know, a name like Sasha, if he was playing in Indianapolis or. Detroit or Chicago, or, yeah. yeah, Detroit or Chicago, which is a, a drive away, it affects here, mm-hmm. right? You know, so you don't have that problem this time, so right. It, it makes it, it just it had to make complete sense all the way around, yeah. Um, now, I mean, I, I've been a few times, he's he every time he's in the region, he plays Chicago, he always plays at the mid, yeah, and um, you know, I mean, it just could have been one of those times where the mid wasn't available. 
or he didn't want to play Chicago again. He wanted to take a break from Chicago because he's played there a few times, give it a break for a couple years. And, you know, the fact that we have a Function One sound system and a $2 million light show, and we've done Green Velvet and Josh Wink and Richie Houghton and all the guys that have yeah. played there, there's, you know, all those factors that when they go to do their research and talk to the agents and all of the other artists that's played there that's had a great time, that's had nothing bad to say, from the club aspect to the way us as promoters treat them and give them everything that they ask for and you know the crowd the vibe that the crowd gives them when they're playing you know they research all that yeah there's because right. there's risk involved with yeah. them in terms of their brand as well mm-hmm. yeah, you could pay them you could pay them a ton of money mm-hmm. if they come and it's a crappy show they're not coming yeah, back yeah and, and you know i advancing the show when when i sent the offer to the agent you know in I wanted Sasha to play for a minimum of three hours. Mm. Um, but they came back and they said, hey, he's never played the market before. How is two and a half hours? And I, and I specifically said to them, I said, well, we had, uh, we had a Green Velvet and Josh Wink that were both advanced an hour and a half. Josh Wink played almost three. Green Velvet played almost four. four. Um, you <laughs> they know, were just feeling it. They were, they, yeah. they, they were feeling it. Yeah. I said, I, w- I will guarantee you that Sasha will fill this room. And if he does, can you talk to management and maybe see if he'll play longer than two and a half hours if he fills the room? And, you know, we agreed to that. So, you know, fingers crossed, hopefully, and everybody that's listening to the show, <laughs> put you your dancing shoes it, on, your hands in the air, feel that vibe. And, you know, the more you feel it, the more he'll feel it. And, yeah play longer yeah yeah so um yeah that was the advancing well that's really wasn't the advancing part but the the, the initial offering yeah you know do you still have rooms is three-dimensional still have rooms um no the crown plaza sold out no. so days in it is there's yeah. a lot of stuff going on that weekend anyway, Airbnb. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where where do people go if if the crown is full? Where's the next? Oh, uh, there's the Marriott. Um, we might actually have some people listening who would travel for the show. So there's uh, Marriott. Anything over by the University of Dayton? There's a couple hotels. Any any uh, suburb, you know, is probably a twelve minute drive from the highway to the city, um, or a, a five dollar Uber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you guys are having problems or questions or if you want to know if it's a good place to stay just hit us up on the facebook page and we'll definitely give you our thoughts absolutely because uh, we want you here yeah <laughs> Tony, how far are people coming from that you know of we've had tickets bought from philly indianapolis michigan uh indy pittsburgh new york too right? new york yeah. wow um and new york's a Ohio. From yeah it yeah. is but it was, it. but that New York one was a was a couple of tickets, right? Yeah, it was. Like, I think can it was you, a four. Can you even drive to New York in a day from here? Yeah, it's yeah. only eight, eight. Is it eight, mm-hmm. eight or twelve? So it takes all day, but you can do it. Yeah, yeah. I assume they're flying in. Oh, maybe they could be driving. I mean, those Sasha and Digweed fans are hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are. It's. I mean, and, and to even think that, even when these guys do play the states. They only play a handful of places. They'll play L.A., Chicago, New York, Miami, Miami, and then they're back out overseas. You know, it's for for this to be happening in Dayton, Ohio, man. I can't <laughs> right, even right. describe the magnitude. Um, I got a call from the publisher of the Dayton City Paper, and he was asking me a couple questions, and he said, "This hands down, this has to be the biggest 
electronic music show to hit Dayton, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? And I said, well, and, and I thought about it on a number scale because we did mm. Paul Oakenfold in 2006, which we did 1,800 people for Paul Oakenfold. That's what I was going to say. I would, I would say within the last decade, for sure, like if the, we're talking about, you know, scale of names. Scale of names, I would have to say this is probably the biggest on an exclusivity side sure you know because uh, again he they pick either one of those guys pick five six markets in the united states and they're and gone. stick with them yeah, yeah and they're, they're gone you know um and even if they were to pick an off city i would feel atlanta you know pittsburgh Dallas. indianapolis yeah you know but you know a, a lot of those cities as well they haven't been doing the style of shows that we're doing yeah you know we yeah. stick to that techno that tech house that you know well, that dark... a lot of people are doing the, the the festival thing yeah they're doing more of the the that's, edm that's working for everybody the edm and stuff you know and and you've stuck with this this club vibe and yeah so i mean you know i don't want to say this is a rare breed show anymore but around here it kind of is i mean it's you guys and a few others you know in, in columbus and cincinnati occasionally throw a one-off but i mean this is this is not something we get to do all the time right, right? i mean there this this it's not far-fetched for me to say that this could be the last time you even see sasha in ohio i mean realistically that's believable yeah realistically because i mean they're going on a him and digweed are going on what a 12 country ultra resistance tour you know and that's and, and it's hard telling, you know. Yeah. If they do, maybe if they do a North American tour next year, but it's it's just hard telling. Yeah, and yeah. have like Sasha slip a little. Hey, John, you should check out this. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> this place is all right. All it right. reminded me of Twilo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Actually, I have no idea what Twilo was like, other than it was dark and they played awesome music there. <laughs> right, right. So, um, man, I just. Congrats, and also thank you. I'm going to shake your oh, hand absolutely. for the opportunity. I know that you you put a lot of thought in, into your lineups, and so I appreciate you trusting me with that. And you've given me gig jitters for the first time in, in a few years. So butterflies. Just don't screw it up. I'm glad that we could, uh, don't screw it up, Dave. I'll do my best. I'm glad that we can make this happen for our city. Um, you know, I, I don't want to. I don't want the fact of Billy handling all the marketing to go unnoticed either. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Because Billy's Billy, been out hustling. He's, you know, Billy has went through 5,000 flyers, you know, and getting them to the right people, getting the tickets to the right people, ordering the tickets, um, all the Facebook posts, um, you know, just handling everything that you see marketing. You know, he handles and, and he hustles. and um, He's a real boots on the ground yeah. guy when it comes to, to that stuff. And he's, he's learned a lot from the uh, the social media side yeah. of things, from, you know, targeting and what targets and what hits people well and what gets the most views and and all that good stuff, you know. And Well, thanks, Billy. We see um, the fruits of your labor, man. I wish you could have been here to, to say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, thank, thanks, Billy, and, yeah, and he, uh, uh, we'll see you Saturday. Yeah, he's, he's put <laughs> a lot into it, man, a lot. A lot of time, a lot of sweat a lot of money you know i mean obviously we're we're partners and yeah you know he busts his ass on on all that stuff and well we'll see you saturday and hopefully we'll see a few of our members of our listening audience as well 
It's going to be an amazing time, no doubt. Thanks for doing this for our city, and yep. thanks thank to all you. of you. Uh, thank you guys for the support, and you know, let's keep this going. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been the Passionate DJ Podcast. We'll see some of you Saturday. We'll see the rest of you Monday. Ciao. Yo! Out. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. I ended up getting it now. Yeah, I'd really like to have one of those backpacks, you know, the mm-hmm, ones that you sure. can just strap on and walk around with. Yeah. You know. That would be really cool at a silent disco. Hey, yeah. Chris, you hear me? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but it's actually cool for, like, uh, the virtual reality apps okay. as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a family member of mine works for a company that builds apps and whatnot. And he brought the VR goggles over before they even hit public. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, wow, this is really cool stuff. You should try this with a sub pack. He's like, well, what's, what's that? <laughs> Plugged it in. You just, made, like, him a wow. million, so you just it, made him a million dollars. So right he there. Went right, to, right. Like, yeah. Every time uh, he flew out to go to Vegas or conferences and, you know, show their apps, he came over and took my sub pack with him. Yeah. And he finally linked up with sub pack and they sent him a couple to. Oh, nice. Know, yeah. Very cool. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really cool company. Yeah.